All right, this is how we're going to start the show. Welcome to the show. We're going to start with some eye gazing. We're just going to have a stare off. <laughs> deep into the windows of our soul. Man, that's, that's gratifying. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, doing this virtually, I feel like I could do it forever. In, in reality, I don't know. I don't yeah, yeah, I don't know. It would be kind of, it would be strange. Are you feeling anything? It's gonna find another way. From the gazing? <laughs> Absolutely not. Like, no. That's not a thing. Yeah, Am I feeling anything beyond that? Absolutely. Let's do it. Let's, then let's check in, man. Hit me. How you feeling? Dude, I am the fucking best that I've ever been. Right here, right now, like... I don't even want to really try to explain it because words are not going to be able to quantify what has been happening and what is happening internally. And like, I just got rocketed onto this spiritual path, bro. And it's like fucking incredible. Like higher, <laughs> higher than like the highest of highs that I've ever experienced. Seriously. And like, What's crazy, man, is I was thinking about this before the podcast, and I used to always seek something, a person, a deity, a place, any type of external something to set me free. Mm. And it was like internally the whole time. It was like I, you know, and I, and I blamed people, places, things, the status of the world, whatever you want to, you know, fill in the blank there for it. I blame those things for my inability to achieve freedom and like serenity that I'd like always sought. And the reality of it comes down to, I was the one oppressing myself. Like it wasn't anybody else's fault. It was like, I just came to this conclusion that freedom is a state of mind, man. It's a mentality. It's a, it's a, it's a wavelength that you're on, bro. It's not, I'm not going to get that from anything else. Hmm. And, and so like, it's, it's like, if I get stuck in who I was, who I think I am, who I want to be, who I think I want to be, you know, all of those things, bro. Like I'm literally robbing myself from, from like this unexplainable peace of mind and freedom that I could be having right now. And <laughs> it's and like to be honest like it's 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 difficult because i can get lost man i had a moment last night where like you know like uh a, a disturbance in that flow uh-huh. and like oh man it was and i realized it almost immediately but i was going to pick somebody up and they were like um at like a spot in like east atlanta you know and i'm wearing like a nipsey hustle shirt like the like shorts that I like have been rocking recently. Like, and in my mind, like, yo, I'm good. You know what I mean? Like I was like feeling myself, but then I'm getting ready to go to this like trendy spot and pick this person up. And I had like a moment of like insecurity and I was like, Oh man, like, like I'm not good enough. And I was like, nah, I was like, nah, like we gotta, we gotta kibosh that. You know what I mean? Like all these things that I'm projecting that are never happening or not happening. They're not happening right now. So you felt insecurity in the moment and what'd you do? Uh, man, like I just like took a couple of deep breaths. I recentered myself on, you know, just observing the world and taking the information in as it was coming in, not trying to like whirl it into uh, shit that wasn't actually happening. Mm. And uh, sat back, bro, changed the tune, turned the music up a little bit and just like was good to go after that bro so so uh how are you i'm so glad that you're on dude because i have been miserable bro (laughs) 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 like um the first of all the 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 first time today i've actually felt free is right now wow so you know i I don't know dude it's been a tough day uh (laughs) it's so interesting to me it's it's Something that happens when I'm in relation with other people, it's like I lose the self uh, to an extent that like, it's not about me right now. 
And now this is the first time today I've actually felt content is right now. But like up until this moment, bro, it was like, it was like, you know, World War Three, two, one, Vietnam, all in my head, you know, past memories floating up, emotional angst, feeling totally trapped, feeling like I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing or where I'm going or how to get there, you know, just all, all the, and then also that feeling, that feeling of angst that, that like, I want to change. I just don't know how to change, you know? And then it's like, I'm also like, I, t you know, like I'm trying to listen to my own advice. Shit. I don't know shit, dude. Like I get lucky if something good comes out of my mouth, honestly, like if something gets written or said, it's just pure luck. But it's, 100%. yeah. And it's like, it's so weird because as I'm trying to make sense of this, all this stuff, the spiritual stuff, the, the awareness of, of the moment and like working through, I mean, like, honestly, it's, it, it is like left to my own devices, left in my own head, myself acts as a noose. It just, it doesn't feel good. It seems that that's my natural state. Like my natural state wants to be about me. I mean, but I was listening to Post Malone talk to Joe Rogan about how he creates songs and, you know, and he's just like, man, he's like, I don't know what's going to be a hit. Like, I just, I don't know. Like, there's no magic recipe. Like, I just be myself and continue to tap into these things that seem to, like, stimulate me. And, and you know, eventually if you catch the right wavelength, bro, like, magic will happen. And, like, you know, these things and <clears throat> i read a quote and uh, uh i'll find it in a second but you know what i'm gonna read it now because it was like that powerful um that he was discussing because it's so relevant to what we're talking about right now and so this was the one that like really stood out to me right reality is not simply experienced or reflected in language but instead is actually produced by language. Oh yeah, I wrote that down too. Do you get that? Yes. Like, that concept fucking blew my mind. It was like, I interpret things and like try to translate what I'm seeing into language in my brain and that creates a reality when in, in what really happens is inversely, if I just speak this powerful language essentially my reality will match it you know essentially speak speak it into reality essentially absolutely that that words are a form of magic and it's yes. all, our responsibility to utilize that for uh i mean it, it doesn't it does not do reality justice we are essentially creating our own world through language but that is not reality well and i'll blow your mind but like there's a whole separate language that we don't even hear that contributes to our consciousness. Plants speak to each other, bro. There's messages going on inside your body between your DNA and like your cells and like all this other stuff. And like, you can't say that those things don't have an effect on your conscious experience when, when you know that they do. Oh yeah. Right? Like, just because I don't hear it doesn't mean that it doesn't affect what is actually happening to me right now. Yeah. Uh, so let's, let's, before we dig too deep in this, let's, we've checked in on our feelings, right? <laughs> definitely not sad. <laughs> definitely not sad. I'm definitely, not, you're saltier than I am right now. I'm, appreci mm. I'm appreciating your essence because it's helped emboldening my spirit. But let's, let's bring us up to speed with where we're at. We finished the waking up book. That's done. Mm -hmm. I went to log into the app today. Been locked out, dude. The month, the month, uh, the month uh, pass you gave Expired. me. Expired. Yeah. I was like, oh, maybe, maybe Sam Harris can save me through my own existential angst. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> nope. And then you got denied. <laughs> denied. <laughs> yeah, I have to face that up myself, apparently. Um, so yeah, let's. Could you sum up a little? I, mean, I think you pretty much nailed it with the beginning of summing up what the waking up book has done to your conscious experience. Yeah, and but also too, like the things that this new book has brought into light, they seem to be, I don't know, man, like 
they just connect. And I feel like I'm taking these building blocks that we're like using and, and just leveling fucking up, man. So the book that we're on to now, and this is going to probably take the next few, few weeks of shows is, is food of the gods by uh, Terrence McKenna. And it's a, uh, it's, it's the search for the original tree of knowledge. And it's a radical history of plants, drugs, and human evolution. Yep. So before we go into it, we did, we did the intro in the first chapter. Before we go into it, I'd like to give your perspective on what's your, first of all, what, what led us to this book? Why is this the one we chose? And, uh, what's your relationship with Terrence McKenna? What have you known about him and uh, leading up to now? You know, it's funny what the power of subconscious and, and it kind of works twofold. This book was presented to me, uh, in my travels like years ago, man. And with, by one of the, probably the smartest dudes I've ever met. And he was a singer, highly intelligent. Um, and we would always just like talk. And then I was like riding on their uh, bus with him. And we were comparing like what books we had. Cause a lot of times, like I'll just take books out there while I'm traveling to read. If I have some downtime or, you know, I just want to have like comfort from home or something like that. And, so we start talking about books and like, he just happened to have this one and I never knew like who McKenna was or what his experience was or what he was doing or anything like that. And so I kind of brushed it off, but you know, the seed was probably planted. And then outside of that, man, maybe it just came to fruition. Like it was probably something I always wanted to read and I don't really know how we stumbled onto it to be fair. I think, we were looking for new things to read and like his name just popped into my head and I was like, all right, well, what's one that I think would be cool. And then like, this is exactly probably what I was looking for. Yeah. And before this one came up as the idea, we were, I remember we were thinking about doing this one that I'd found about a person that channeled an entity named Seth. And I had no desire to read that, dude. I have the book. I bought it. I got it on Amazon. And I don't know. Nothing in me was like, I want to read that, even though I suggested it, you know? Mm. And when you su you suggested this one and another one, what was the other one? I don't remember. Yeah, I really don't. Yeah. So, but I mean, this one, for me, that I've always been interested in McKenna, uh, just based on all the people that I admire talking about him. Um, mm. And... The videos I'd watched before starting this book or like before we'd even discussed going into some of his work were always rooted around psychedelic substances and the way at which he communicated was so, it's different. He uses such, such big words and he's, he's a bit of a literate or not, not literate, but like a, an erud, like a, like a poet in the way he speaks. It's like sound, it sounds so smart yet also so trippy that like, I never felt like I could grasp what he was saying every time I've listened to him. And uh, so far with these first two chapters, it's been awesome because I've been able to take his words at my own pace. Yeah. He breaks it down the way that he breaks it down and pieces it together. Like makes it, easy to kind of digest he kind of feeds it to you like you know systematically to where you can digest it at your own pace it's I, it's definitely not a book to be read at like breakneck speed because there's going to be a lot of things that you're going to miss that have the potential at least even from what like what little experience that we have in these first few chapters to change like even this book bro has totally changed a lot of things that I thought hundred percent. Yeah. And it's, it's, I mean, he, so the intro is, is he basically sets up the tone of what he's going to be arguing for the book. hundred percent. Yeah. So he's basically, and just, we have to give a little historical context to this, but this is in the seventies. This is after the sixties, after the, the whole psychedelic movement, when a bunch of, you know, it got really weird in the sixties, dude, it was free love and just, Oof weirdness right and so in the 70s he's he's now 
synthesizing everything that he'd learned through his own experience with psychedelics in regards to his understanding of our cultural context and society itself. Yeah, I mean, one of the biggest things that I appreciated from the kickoff is when he starts talking about the shamans, right? And, and, and watch this example right here. I say the word shaman and there seems to be like, uh, like a negative connotation to it. It's kind of sounds kind of dirty, right? Like what the hell's a shaman? Like, I don't, you know, it's like, I'll, like a wizard. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, like I fucking pulled a magic card out and I'm presenting you with the shaman card and you're like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. But what, what people don't really understand, man, is like, and this is what fucking tripped me out, dude. Shamans and people who have experience with these psychedelic plants have been around since we fucking jumped, like, like, and made the jump and were able to like speak and, and transition into like this higher level of thinking in life. And, but for some reason, it's been around longer than that. You know, it's been around that long and you say the word and it's like, ugh, like, ugh, like. And so this is, this is important to describe because he nails it in the intro, but he basically presents the context of human consciousness itself and how we've evolved over the millennia. And right. what we have been up until now, the dawn of Western civilization, the dawn of Western society and Western thought and scientific inquiry, this, that, that's only been the last you know, since the 1400s, essentially, once, you know, uh, industrial revolution happened in the 1800s, 1900s, and then before that, we had the Renaissance, we figured out things like gravity and laws of, you know, uh, like uh, laws of our physical universe started to get pinpointed in, in like the 1600s and 1700s. But all the way up until then, for eons and ages, we've lived in tribes and small communities, and we've told stories. And we've looked up to the stars and we've wondered and we've and we've we really honed in on the natural experience of living more so than what we could logically prove or rationally associate as something as being true or false. So the shaman is speaking from a more intuitive, natural perspective uh, that has been what McKenna is proposing. We have lost in, in the evolution of our society as a technological or, or rational uh, device. Yeah, he, he pretty much considers them like a gatekeeper, right? Like they have this uh, mystic ability to interact with psychedelic plants, which, I mean, have been put here. And they have been given the ability to like interact between this world that we know and see and this fucking whole other separate world that 100% exists out there that we don't ever see or don't ever interact. It's like we're living in the same world, but we're literally living in like two different universes at the same time. So and we're, we're essentially living in the dream of society, the illusion of ourself, the illusion of our career, the illusion of what we need or what garners success. But then the deeper root of that is what the shaman does is that he, and, and, and this is from the shaman chapter, but his, his role is to incite ecstasy and wonderment. Yes. Of being. Yep. That like the shaman is strictly there to alleviate our eyes of the illusion so we can truly feel and be present to the miraculousness of existence itself, essentially. Yeah, like they're literally just you know, they're, they're trying to be of service to push people into having these like experiences and, and tapping into this other world and essentially helping set them free. Right. And this is something interesting about the role of the shaman in the community is, is essentially anybody who experienced a mental illness or a mental disorder, people that had natural proclivities to the, their sensitivities were initiated as shamans. They were folded into um, that craft of, of storytelling and, and, you know, trying to embody, you know, the, the natural course of, it seems to me that they, that they almost act as soothsayers, that they, they recognize the power of their 
of the, of the human energy to cultivate an experience for another person. Yeah. And then, and they're essentially, you know, refereeing your experience while you're on these like powerful psychedelics, because you see the part, there was a part in there where, uh, like the shaman like starts to sing, I guess like the experience was like going kind of out of bounds and the shaman starts to like sing this song and like the tone of the song and like just the soothingness of it, like brought this person like back into where they were able to like really tap into the experience and not be like, you know, weirded out by it. Cause it's, it's fucking new, right? If you've never had any experience with psychedelics, bro. And like you're, you don't have somebody with you to help guide you through that it's probably not going to be fantastic. Right. And, and the other thing that was, yeah, it's important to have somebody who knows what they're doing. Um, <laughs> or just like what else, what's going on? Or like, it's not, and that's been my experience, bro. It's not, if you get separated from the group while you're on powerful psychedelics and you're around people in this whole other world and universe that are not on psychedelics, it is a bad day. 100%. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, it surprised, it surprised me. Well, before we go too deep into the shamanism chapter, I want us to refocus on the intro here of like what this book is wanting to do. And I I took a bunch of notes. Did you take notes? Yeah, I did. So I just want, I want to go through this real quick, just because it was, I thought it was really important because what he's pointing out here in the intro is that our culture of the present is consumed with overconsumption. Yeah. It's saying we're using prescription drugs, addictions to food, medication, and media. He says that's where we're at today. But the culture of our past, which was archaic, is the word he uses to refer to that, was was where we used things as needed. We didn't overconsume. We were creators. It was like uh, living off the land. You kill the bison. You use what you need from the bison. Everything gets used and you move forward. Dude, I somewhere in the process got hooked into that ideology and have since spent most of my effort and time to get to that place. Like, right. Like I felt, and it's weird because I felt like at some point we got lost, like we lost our way and you know, people are, like we have this, this fucking like savagery, like in our DNA. I mean, it really was not that long ago, bro. When like, if you were like a man, you had to get up and go fucking stab that bison and like provide for the tribe. Right. And, and I realized that that level of humanity and that primal uh, DNA is, is, is in there. Like I didn't disconnect from it. It's still within me and I have the ability to tap in at any point, at any point. And it sounds like basic and a, a, a way of life that you, or a mentality that you wouldn't want to be part of, but like, man, it's been radical for me. And one of the things that, that we were just talking about right there that, that I identified with is, you know, we as a species, are fascinated by like this altered state of consciousness, right? And it doesn't even have to be drugs. It could be sex. It could be news. It could be politics. It could be social justice campaigns. It could be whatever it is that you're going to use to get high on that's going to relieve you and remove you from the now because those things take up so much uh, energy for consumption to like, you know, try to consume as much to get your fix. Absolutely. And, and that's, and his, his, well, how he's presenting this thing uh, is he's basically saying that society itself, government society itself understands that and is playing into it. So it's, it's hundred percent. It's a lot like it's, that John, John Carpenter movie. They live. I think that's John Carpenter, but you remember that movie they live where you look at the billboard with the gla- the guy, it's Rowdy Rod Piper, dude. <laughs> Roddy Rod Piper, dude. He puts the glasses on and looks at billboards and realizes that they're aliens, that like everyone's just trying to get people to consume. It's like consume more, consume more is, is the subtext beneath every advertisement. And, and, um, 
uh, McKenna here is saying that that's what our society is doing. It's, it's designed to promote the obsession for power, success, enterprise, and health. The obsession. So like our natural desire to be men, right, or to be individuals, or whoever you are, is being led off in this way of con con more consumption, like that will give you your power. And that's, it's, that's not truth. That's, that's the society itself that McKenna is painting a portrait of. And he goes in here, and I want to get your thoughts on this too, because we've, we've heard whispers of this. He refers to it as institutionalized obsessive behavior. Is that like these things are being, it's being taught to us to want more, to never be satisfied. And then he goes into the CIA's involvement in facilitating entrepreneurship of drugs, funding cartels and whatnot. Do you, yeah. do you remember that? Yeah. And he basically said like, how can we have this war on drugs when essentially like it's all a fucking sham? You know, the elephant in the room is the fact that these cartels were given their power and their pipelines and their access to move and do these things by these governments. And essentially like these, these cartels rose to power and got so uh, big that, you know, now we had to create this fucking bullshit ass war on drugs. It's like, it's like that Spider-Man meme, you know, where like they're pointing at each other. <laughs> yeah. It's the same fucking thing. Yeah. It's, it's like, is it me? Is it you? Like, are we the same thing? Yeah. And then like, if you really want to go a whole step further, listen to this shit. Private prisons, bro. Like how, how do we like live in that society, man? Like where these prisons and stuff are privatized and people are making a lot of money on, on this, you know, system that's been set up for that level of consumption, even crazier. Like how can we use LSD, right? We know the U S government created LSD for truth serum, right? They were going to use that shit to like make people tell the truth. And like, they wanted it as a psychological weapon. Right. And then like, like it, but then like things like mushrooms and these other plants that have like this radical power to change people's lives forever. I mean, like if you really talk to somebody who's had a psychedelic experience and a good one, it has altered them for the rest of their life. And right? marijuana is that you can classify that as a, as a substance in that sense too. Right. However, so, then you look at alcohol. Yeah. Totally fine for consumption. Yeah. I mean, what does alcohol do? It numbs you. It makes you be more impulsive. It makes you follow that monkey portion of your mind to get or consume or do. What the weed and the, and the, and the psychedelic substances do is it opens your mind, you know, potentially makes you wonder why am I even doing what I'm doing, you know? True. But even too much, man, could, could spin you out of control. And like, like I wrote it down, like, you know, what is this drug's impact on my aesthetic and my spiritual aspirations like how disconnected can i become and lost in my own like breath and anxiety of like this false reality like do these substances help to help me to seek you know like spiritual freedom or like how does that you know what i mean like some because some don't but this is the issue with with what mckenna's getting at with the way our society is structured is we're never given the opportunity to explore that they're not, they're not even opening up the dialogue or the conversation. McKenna has to write this book to explain why it's okay to talk about and think about these things. He had to fucking drop his nuts down historically to, to give the context at which where we can view this, you know, objectively, scientifically as like a real rational discussion because the government essentially has per permitted free use of any of these mind altering substances for no apparent reason, you know, and we just abide by that. Like I know from my own personal experience, you know, it's, it's one thing to, to do something when you know it's okay. It's, it doesn't feel like a big deal when you know that it's okay to, you know, do something. But when somebody says you can't, but we're not going to tell you why, I'm like, okay, well, obviously. Wait a minute. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> am I going to have to figure this out on my own? It's like, unfortunately, in the society that we're in, yes, because there's laws in place. Well, they, have, they won't even study it. I think that's the interesting part, right? Like. Yeah you got all these people doing like their own that, that have to do their own independent studies. Um, and that's what leads, honestly, that's what leads to addiction and, and abuse and disorders 
is because we're not we're not able to be open and honest and transparent about what we're doing because there's so such a stigma associated with it because of the laws that have been put in place. Yeah, man. Like, <clears throat> I feel like, but I feel like we're starting to trend that way in society, right? Like we're starting to move into this direction where people are becoming fascinated, more fascinated by uh, homeopathic, holistic solutions to their issues. Absolutely. Right. See, like, one of those things, it's everywhere now. Well, and like, here's one of the things, right? Like, what if you said, Hey, I'm going to give you these plants, right? And we're going to like take these plants and, and it has the potential to like unlock all this healing power inside your own body, your immune system or whatever. You know, if you said that to somebody, they'd be like, get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? Like, give me a, give me a pill. Like I want a drug from like a big name pharma company, which is fucking really radically crazy. And I'm not against, I'm not against the use of prescription medication if you have exhausted the real issue, which is like not treating the symptom and like getting to the root cause of the problem because, and I can't remember where I was, uh, I had heard it, but that shit's all connected. Like these studies that get put on, uh, to test the efficacy and, um, you know, and like effectiveness of these drugs basically, most of the time is paid for by the fucking pharmaceutical company. So it's in their best interest to show these positive results. And it's like, we're, we're getting a narrative and it's, it's being like jammed down our throat and it's been jammed down your throat since we were fucking kids. And man, when you start digging in to how, how things work and you realize that, you know, uh, prescription medication companies are marketing their drugs to doctor's offices. And there's a whole market for all this stuff. I think, I think we're getting, we're getting away from the point of what Terrence Mc, I want to bring us back to, to, to essentially, well, honestly, I want to say this now that I'm on it, but we're kind of led to believe that the doctor knows what's right. Right. In our culture, go to a doctor. Yep. In the archaic age, in, in the days of old, in the tribal age where the shamans were, shamans were the doctor, you know, and they didn't prescribe you necessarily anything. There's a part where it says the role of the shaman also was for him to ingest the substance and then to project its magic or its words for you to, to help cure your ailment. Um, so essentially the, the shaman acted as some sort of a, of a, of a group or, or like a, a tribal psychiatrist, therapist, rabbi, storyteller, and they were just doing what they could to help others. Um, but before we get there, I, I want to go to what there he was talking about in regards to partnership versus dominator forms of social organization. You remember how we refer to that? A little bit, but hit me. Let me remind us. So in the archaic age, this is before the dawn of feudalism, before the dawn of like, um, you know, uh, uh, emperors, uh, uh, Rome, uh, kings, um, you know, all that. We, we existed as partnership where it was me and my partner and the tribe itself was a community that or, or uh, governed itself. Over time, we evolved into dominator forms of social organization where you have the emperor, the king, the lord, and that's all power-based. It's all hierarchical uh, ba based of power. And, uh, and he basically spoke about how, you know, one of his driving points that his, what he's trying to say here is that we need to be moving more towards partnership because that's a natural relationship with the world around us. It's not an me over you situation. It's an us together uh, to, to, move, to grow forward, essentially. Yeah, but that's dangerous. Because, I mean, you imagine if we had like these large pockets of people who are unified and like set free after eating fucking psychedelic like plants, bro, <laughs> it would be fucking chaos. Like not, and not even in a bad sense, but you would literally have a bunch of woke people walking around fucking being like, we're not taking this. Like, this is kind of bullshit what you're feeding us here. Like, eh -eh. so maybe, it, maybe it's, maybe I'm reading too far out of it, but 
my experience so far, because now we're in the shamanism part, but my experience is it's not so much about the psychedelic substances. It seems to be less about the psychedelic substances and more about the context in which they were used. Like his, right. his argument seems to be for a more natural way of existing, you know, beyond the bounds of what society tells us. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. I, I just always think it's interesting to, uh, again, back to the point, like you mentioned these people and like what their role and, and, and experience is with these substances, what they do with these people. And then, you know, like just the connotation of, of the word itself. And then you mentioned somebody like Joel Osteen, you know, and it's like, boom, like, he seems like a nice guy. I can trust him. He's going to take me to salvation in the promised land. And, and he may, he might. Right. But, it, but I only say that to illustrate like how, like they are essentially trying to do the same thing, but like, there's just such a, a stigma and like association with it. It seems to me that the shaman is a messenger of sorts that similar to Osteen, but their, their role is to help you tap into your awakening. It's not about them telling you what to do. Right. Exactly. Which is it's, uh, the modern day therapist to an extent, a good therapist, their role is to act as a conduit for your own self-discovery. Yeah. But they're just going to prescribe you like a usually depressant or, a or something like that. A psychiatrist would. Yeah. Potentially. And he's basically saying, like, the state has basically prevented the study of these psychoactive substances. And like you're saying, it seems like we're becoming more open to talking about these holistic means of therapy and growth, you know. And so many people, like, I remember hearing, which is kind of funny because you hear about it, but, like, so many people out in, like, Silicon Valley and these, like, places of higher, you know, learning and, and thinking or, like, microdosing lsd throughout their day almost like a self-prescription of like xanax and you know man I, me personally like i would rather have an experience with a plant right because i feel like plants at, at the end of the day are are significantly more powerful than people are, are aware of and i mean i'm i mean it goes from like broccoli to other things but like um let's go into think, it. hit me all right, let's go into our personal experience here, right? Okay. Everything up until this point, we're just trying to make sense of all the stuff McKenna's talking about. We know nothing, everybody. Don't take our word right. for it. Go look it up. Google like we did. Right. <laughs> now we're going to go into our personal experience, okay? I, I've had many a psychedelic trip. Uh, I've had problems with drugs and alcohol. I consider myself um, a person in long-term recovery from substance abuse in the sense that I know for myself, no good comes from using any drugs or, or substances. And uh, the amount at which I've, I've attempted to, I don't know, I've had too many experiences in sobriety and before sobriety that give me the context at which McKenna is trying to get at to where I don't need to explore that area anymore. Same. In regards to psychedelic substances. Same. What, what's, what's, your, what's your experience been like? Like, how, how are you digesting everything? Um, you know, I'll tell you my experience, man. I, I have a lot of experience with a lot of different substances, right? Like, I've tried just about everything out there. Um, and when you look at my interactions with psychoacts of, like, drugs and psychedelics, by far the one thing I never abused ever. Like it would just kind of seemingly creep in and like come when it needed to come. And I would like have an experience and it would alter my perception of the world and I, things would change. And then, you know, like another time would come when the moment was just perfect for it and we would do it, but I never abused it. Oddly enough, now thinking about it, like I was never like, Hey man, I'm eating shrooms this weekend. Hey man, I'm eating shrooms this weekend. You know, we're like, hey, man, like I'm going to eat 17 shrooms today. They just never worked out that way. But with every other substance, I like I was innately driven to consume more to remove me from, you know, the now 
And uh, it really, those things disconnected me so much from like being connected to the universe or a higher power or whatever you choose to call it. And um, some reason, man, after my experience with those uh, hallucinogens, I, I just always felt more like connected. It's, it's strange. Yeah. It's, it's weird for me too, because like, you know, coming from my perspective, I've already had all these experiences, but I was never given, I was never, I never was given a men, I was never shown or described what, what it could be used for. I, I, right. I, I used them cause I was curious as fuck. And then, you know, I did all the research I could and was like, okay, now I'm going to try it. But it wasn't like, I, I didn't understand this, the spiritual implications of what could be learned through a psychedelic trip. I did not understand that. Um, and so now it's like I'm learning after the fact. I'm able to look back at what I experienced and see how, how to frame it in this perspective of something positive for someone. You know? but, but I'm under the, under the belief, and, or, and, and I know it's faulty because it's just a belief, but I, I feel that that level of awakening and awareness can be attained regardless of the ingestion of a psychedelic substance. That's where meditation and all that stuff comes into play. I agree. And that, and, and that slips into like just how powerful everything that I put into my body is right. Like it's either going to draw me closer to like being connected or it's going to disconnect me, you know, and like send out these like radical vibrations that are going to just, I mean, cause you gotta, we understand, right? Like everything that we consume from, the TV shows to whatever this podcast, the food that I eat, all of those things we know have an effect on our like stream of consciousness, like know it for a fact. And, and I was talking with a gentleman last night and we were just kind of rapping about something. And I, and I was like, we were talking about food just in general. Right. And I said, look, man, like plants and food are insanely powerful. And I feel like people, really like we know it but we don't know it or and and here's the example that i used i said we made the evolutionary jump like apes made the evolutionary jump when we started consuming meat our brains literally got bigger our mouths got like you know adjusted and like our skulls shifted around and then like after that we jumped into being able to use language so like that's how powerful like what we put into our bodies is and it's like why would I not want to put the best quality ingredients in meditation, um, sunlight, regular exercise, mindfulness, uh, reading, quality sleep, like all of these things, quality nutrition, all of these things, if done like in a perfect summation can, can mirror and get me about as close to as I could possibly be into that like psychedelic, like high that I've experienced because like when we just got on the call, like that was probably, uh, it was what I was feeling, bro. I was fucking like, I was out there. Mm. Yeah. And it's important to distinguish the chasing of a high versus the recognition of harmony. Yes. And, And that's, and that's an individual, like somebody will have to ask that for themselves, you know? We like we have to be the arbiter of our own experience, you know, and so in that sense, we have to really seek to understand why we're doing what we're doing. What is our aim? What is our intention? You know, because that's what creates the experience. It's it's something weird. Like just based on our this conversation, you know, I'm miserable as fuck before we got on the call. You know, you were you were living the dream. I'm fucking just so glad. I'm glad just to be talking to someone else, dude. I'm miserable, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, I could not, like, I had to decide that these feelings and my thoughts were not going to affect what I had made the decision to do today is that sometimes, I don't know, sometimes the the best thing I can do is show up and just deal with it. You know, like any form of escape is, or avoidance is just delaying the inevitable confrontation with despair. And I've also realized that any extreme high is, will be followed by a low. 
you know, and it's like, I want to be able to, as we do surf, you know, I want to be able to be present and in tune with the full spectrum of life experience as it unfolds. Now, I understand the value though of like, and from people I've, I've talked to and stories I've heard, you, you can hit a wall and you can wonder like, where do I go here spiritually? Where do I go here with what I'm trying to learn? You know, and, and, and I've heard psychedelic substances as being a, a tool, essentially like a, like a key that administers a new line of thought that can be explored afterwards. That it's not, it's almost like a barrier that you can, you can, a threshold you can cross through. But by no, I think Sam Harris describes this in the last book. He's just basically saying by no means is it, it's supposed to just be something that you can, an experience that you can use to understand the potentiality of your practice moving forward, essentially. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, you know, I, I mean, I'm, a, I think, yeah, I, I, I'm open to pretty much everything. Um, so you want to do do a little bit on uh, the shamanism? The shamans. Yeah. So what is a shaman? What do they do? What do they What do they symbolize? So one of the things that One of the things that I thought was uh, rad was like he starts touching on like how sophisticated, like scientifically, most of the time these people are. Like they're, you know, essentially like a botanist, you know, because they have all this experience and like knowledge of these plants and. Uh, but again, like you don't, you'll never hear about that, you know? Yeah, you, you, we, we, like we're, we don't know what we don't know, right? I've I didn't thought, know. I mean, shit, my, my idea of a shaman was from EverQuest. It was a, it was a guy with a big staff who casted spells and had animal companions. You know, when I thought of a shaman, I thought of like Dungeons and Dragons, somebody who was a nature, nature wielding magic user. And it's, it was fun to read that that's not entirely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was about to say, you're not wrong. You know, uh, like one of the things that I thought was funny was like, man, like he, he starts talking about how the shamans, again, they have this, this ability to maneuver through multiple worlds and they just automatically get discredited so much. But then like, right. Like we, you could have this discussion with a shaman and he could tell you that like, he's, been to these places and like experience these things and you know automatically you're like whatever bro you're full of shit right and then now watch this new york times bestsellers talk about having these multiple out-of-body experiences like you know like i was on death's bed and like had an out-of-body experience you know and like went to heaven's gate and, like talked to joe you know and it's like what yeah like like we readily accept one but we we spin it over and like it's the same thing essentially and it's like well this guy's full of shit and it's like oh this guy's got a new york times bestseller wicked where he was in heaven and then came back out of body experience. yeah yeah, yeah. And that's what mckenna was saying is basically like the social discourse uh for some reason there's been things in place to limit the the exploration of these archaic or natural forms of medicine to an extent 100 percent by design bro and I think it's one of my favorite things. I wrote this down is, is he describes this. He says what a shaman is. And he, he says, a shaman is a sick man who has cured himself and now sh must shamanize others to remain cured. Does that so are, we, are, we go, are we going on? Are we like, are we shamans now or what's going on here? It, it, it is in alignment with what Harris was talking about. And it's alignment with philosophers do or what, I'm going to throw the J word out there, but what Jesus did, they, the claim is that anyone who becomes awakened, they feel the need to help others wake up. That's part of their process. It's like, fuck, right? Like, what are we doing here? It's like, this is great for me. Don't get me wrong. I was sad before. I'm not now. So <laughs> to an extent. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I mean, it's a self-perpetuating motion. A shaman is a sick man. So I'm the shaman. I'm feeling sick this morning. I know I'm going to show up with my buddy who's going to help me get out of myself. That's my cure. And now I must help others essentially get out of their selves. So it's a, like, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, no, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's a, it's a cycle. It's what it is. Yeah. I feel like uh, that Oprah meme right now where she's like, 
you get a shaman, you get a shaman, <laughs> everybody gets a shaman. <laughs> right. Like, what is, the, what is McKenna doing to us? He's wanting to wake us up. What's Harris doing? Wanting to wake us up so we can help others wake up because things no. don't. But you know what I have to be careful of there, though, too? What's that? Trying to enlighten and helping people that don't, that don't want it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. because, because I can, this is my experience, right? Like, this is what happens. Uh, and it's happened in a couple of romantic relationships, but also personal relationships is I'm on this wave. I'm on these like highs and, and like shamaned myself. And like, I want to be of service to people and I want to help bring what I'm fucking experiencing to somebody because I understand like where they've been and where I've been. And like, you know, I understand both sides of the coin, but I can also get locked up in like these pitfalls and trying to um, like jam it down on some, in somebody's face. Like, yo, like you've got this series of problems. Like you, you need to do this kind of stuff. You need help. You like read this book. And it's like, essentially then I'm, I'm breaking you know, what Harris was talking about, which was like the biggest sin of all time, which is to try to like alter somebody else's consciousness, like without, without the law of attraction. And that's the, the, that's absolutely correct because what the mystic does, what the enlightened one does is they speak about it. Like, but they're by no means are they obligated to convince anyone of anything. For some reason, once somebody comes into a state, a state of awareness with themselves and they wake up to the wonderment of existence, they just can't be quiet about it, dude. Like Alan Watts will go show up to colleges and just talk and people will be there to listen to him talk. And he's literally saying the whole time, you guys don't understand. I don't know shit. I'm having fun talking. That's what I love to do. That's why I'm here. I love to talk at you. Look at it like music, you know? This isn't, this isn't something to try Like, I know, I know that I'm like a bird that's singing. That's all I am. And if you look at Jesus, right? What did Jesus do? Sit on a mound, philosophize. People showed up. It was like, oh, he's this thing. He's that thing. And Jesus is like, no, bro. Like, I'm just, just a, dude. a dude. Yeah, I'm just a dude sharing my truth, you know? Got what some wicked I, sandals. Wicked sandals in my hair. <laughs> Chloe, I was probably black, you know? Like, I'm not a white dude. <laughs> I just remember if, if they do like a Jesus movie, can we get Nicolas Cage from uh, with the same hair from Con Air? Just oh like. yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, Nicolas Cage could fit right in there. Then you throw in then you throw in uh, Socrates, dude. What did Socrates do? He wandered the streets, sharing his truth, knowing that I know nothing, and people followed him. And he got he got basically arrested by the government and charged with inciting the youth with ideas that would not sustain, not help, not unhelpful ideas is how he got sent to jail, you know? And it's like, all he's doing is just sharing his truth. So yeah, like, the, like I agree with you totally. There's nothing we can do to, I'm, I'm by no means would I want to spend any energy trying to convince anyone of shit, bro. But I have, bro. And that's, that, that's my point is like, man, like I have spent a lot of time you know, trying to help heal others when they just weren't in a position where it was, it was ready to be like openly received. They were going to still try to use, you know, other outside influences or sources to, um, you know, essentially change their level of consciousness and remove them from the here and now. And so it, it's more of a thing now where like, I, I I'm in that boat. I cannot shut the fuck up about this stuff. Like my, I have been set free. I have been set off on this whole level of existence that I never thought was even possible. It's so rad. So, so rad. And if that's what is attracted to you and you want to ask me how I did it or like how to help, then like I'll be more than willing to show up and like listen to you and like we can have, some deep ass rad conversations about shamans, mysticisms, like, you know, metaphysics, all that stuff. Cause like, I just get down on that, but I'm not going to waste time and energy trying to save somebody. I'm not going to do it. Honestly, the, the role of the shaman is to know how to save themselves. True. That's what they're communicating when, when, when they're interacting is to me, I, I didn't want to bring it in, but it's, it's, I, the metaphor is extremely profound of, of how recovery works. You know, what happens once you become recovered, you help other people become recovered. 
Yeah. Like it's, it's a self-fulfilling system. Uh, very similar to what Terrence McKenna is presenting as shamanism minus the psychedelic plants. Man, I just challenge people to like, what are you afraid of, man? Like fucking step out, you know, like step out, step onto the platform and like go and try it. You know, like there literally is nothing to lose. And as cliche as it is like so fucking much to gain, like, you know, I, and man, months ago, you know, weeks ago, if you would have even brought this stuff to my attention or like, you know, asked me to discuss it, I'd be like, big fucking negative there, Ghost Rider. <laughs> like, be, because my mind was so closed off and in a way it was closed off, but then in a way it wasn't because like, obviously I was seeking and looking for something, you know, because I've stumbled upon and like landed here. And like, that's why I think it's so important to, to kind of circle back to what I was talking about at the beginning is like, man, like, like it just reminds me of like the scene and um, he's like, look at me. I am the captain now. Like that's it. Right. Like I just kind of had that moment where like, look at me, bro. That? Like, is that from a Tom Hanks movie? What's that from? Yeah. It's from um, uh, the captain Phillips movie. That's right. He's like, look at me. I am the captain now. Yeah. And that's essentially what I just said. Like, I'm cool, man. Like, I'm going to take charge of my, like, mental health. I'm going to take charge of my physical health. I'm going to take care of my hydration. I'm going to take care of my, like, sleep. I'm going to take care of all these things. I'm going to stimulate my mind and body and, and package it up to the best possible level that I can so that I can be, like, a conduit for, like, this level of consciousness. Because if I'm not, bro, it's like – the signals that I would be receiving are going to get lost off in translation. My thoughts, you know, poor like electricity going on in my body between like my cells signaling stuff. Like, you know, that shit matters. It's so important. Absolutely, dude. That's, that's like music to my ears, dude, because I get, I was so caught up in poor me, poor me, poor me, you know, and it prevents me from receiving anything. Like it, I was just reading something, dude. I'm not an output. I'm our, our, our bodies are conduit. We're receiving sets. Hundred percent. When we have the choice, we have to choose what we're digesting. Everything you just said, dude, is like spot on. Um, but I'm the type, and this is just me, where I'm the type where I know I have to output. Like there's something in me that needs to share. Like if I, the only feasible means that I can get out of myself is to be vocal outwardly. It seems like. Um, but also, that's also could be a narrative that needs to die, you know. Maybe there's something I need to learn through not speaking, potentially. Yeah, I might just say, like, what are my motives? You know what I mean? Because, like, a lot of times I can just, like, a lot of times, like, where there's, like, dead silence. And I ran into this last night. Like, a lot of times when there used to be, like, dead silence, you know, like in a room, I used to have to like fill it with something because I just couldn't enjoy like the silence of the moment. And somebody made that observation and like, they were just like, this is kind of nice. You know, we went like about 10 minutes of just not saying anything. And we were just kind of hanging out like in the same space. And they were like, yeah, this is kind of nice, you know, to not have to like fill this void with some kind of like forced conversation. And just, it was really rad like looking at it now. Um, yeah, that's the, the wonder, the, the issue for me is not the issue, but like the, the thing I'm becoming aware of is, um, the way I'm wired is like, I have a natural proclivity to be hyper-focused on me mm. and, you know, I have to learn how to establish a balance because all this creative work that we're doing, all the things I'm working on, they give me so, they make me feel like, they get me out of myself, right? But I can't get caught up. I can't get caught up in that because I have to learn how to just be okay with, with me. And that's a continued meditative process because even though I may have a semblance of what, what um, 
nirvana or ecstasy or harmony could look like when I'm in the shit, when my brain is beating me up through past memory and future projections, I've got to learn how to, I want to be quicker. I want to get out quicker. You know, I want to learn how to, yeah, it's like, I don't know. What, what do you think, dude? What Have you had any? It's just training, man. It's a hundred percent just training, right? Like we've been conditioned to get trapped into those cycles. We've been conditioned you know, to just be that way. And, you know, man, essentially one of my favorite quotes of all time is like, I'll never rise to the occasion. I'll only default down to the level of, to my level of training. And, you know, essentially like if I've never kicked a game winning field goal and I'm asked to go kick a game winning field goal, like I I can't do it because I just don't have the experience. And so it's like, with that, it's like, man, my, my, my goal shouldn't be to eliminate those things it should be just to like decrease my um my like time you know to like get back in balance um because like you know it kind of goes back to the example i had last night man it's so it's really easy because i don't want to ever sit from a position of like man i've got it all figured out and like i'm a fucking guru that would be the worst thing if if i'm a guru of something bro like i have fucked up somewhere oh yeah um um right exactly Unless it's the salty bro club and then like all are welcome. We got you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, man, like that's it. That's my, that's my goal. That's my mark is to like reduce. If I'm in those zones, I want to reduce how much time I'm there and just kind of like reconnect the breath and like realize that the biggest thing that I've realized, man, is like, I'm not my thoughts. Yeah. What I, what I am, bro, is, is it a collection of hydrogen, carbon, uh, neutrons, electrons, protons, and you know a whole shitload of other elements and all of these things like i'm not producing any of that bro like i'm breathing right now i don't i'm not saying i'm not controlling that you know there's so much that's going on inside my body and i'm literally just an antenna to receive information and like how quickly or how slowly i choose to um like essentially like wield that information back out into the universe is totally dependent upon like how long I want to stay there. Mm, Man, dude. Yeah. We have a choice. You know, what's funny is like, I've I've got a habit of going like this and and saying no to the art, no to the creativity, no to the work because of, of how it's burned me in the past, you know? But it seems like now as I'm hearing you speak, it's almost like I can allow myself to continue working because I've learned from it. You know, it, it can, I can, that was the thing is this morning, it was like, you know, I had this desire to come down and start working on stuff. And I was like, no, like you're just escaping. I was, I was telling myself what I should or shouldn't do and stopping something from wanting to happen. You know, I don't know. It's, this has been, this has been awesome, dude. How long have we been going, bro? Tell me probably like a, a long time, bro. So let's see. We the the other the only note I had other was we nailed it in the beginning that reality is produced by language, and um, we talked about the shaman. Uh, their aim is to instill a wonderment of being upon an individual beyond the bounds of time and space. Um. So yeah, anything you want to add before we close up this week's app? Oh no, bro. Going to continue on this path man and just uh i'm excited to continue to unlock my real like potential and then uh start the uh salty bro shaman club that'll be the next (laughs) thing we start doing hell yeah i'm just gonna walk around with a bunch of salt in my hand and just throw it in your face (laughs) (laughs) so what you think what do you think dude do you think we should do so the next chapter is the magic and food. That's chapter two. And then we've got chapter three, the search for the original tree of knowledge. Do we want to do one chapter or two? Probably. I feel like two would probably be good. We could be tackle. You know what I mean? The magic depends on, d- depends on how long they are. Cause they're not very long chapters. So this, if we do two, it'll be 30 pages. That's fine. Cause I mean, the one chapter we did with Harris was like 50 pages. Yeah. Okay, let's do it. We'll be back next week. The magic in food and the tree of the search for the original tree of knowledge. 
This Thanks. is the Salty Bro Shamans yeah. signing out. Signing out. We got our songs too, by the way. So we're going to drop a little J. Cole. Woo! My favorite. My intuition is telling me that. All right, bro. Days. All right, man. Talk to you soon. Later. Later. My intuition is telling me there'll be better days. I like this tone. Yeah. My intuition is telling me there'll be better days. I sit in silence and find whenever I meditate. My fears alleviate. My tears evaporate. My faith don't deviate. Ideas don't have a date. But see, I'm growing and getting stronger with every breath. Bringing me closer to heaven's doors with every step. As we speak, I'm at peace. No longer scared to die. Most niggas don't believe in God and so they terrified. It's either that or they be fearing they gon' go to hell. Asking the Father for forgiveness got them overwhelmed. As if he's spiteful, like them white folks that control the jail. See, I believe if God is really never judge a man. Because he knows us all and therefore he would understand. The ignorance to make a nigga take his brother life. The bitterness and pain that got him beating on his wife. Like, I know you desperate for a change, let the pen glide. But the only real change come from inside. But the only real change come from inside. But the only real change come from The cemeteries are unchanged, I see men cry. But the only real change come from inside. But the only real change come from inside But the only real change come yeah. from Prodigal son, got a new gun This one don't run out of ammo Lately been working on my handles Can I ball, become a star and remain myself If I fall, dust it off and regain myself Fuck them all, they don't know all the pain I felt I'm in awe, after all the fame I felt I evolve, I no longer bury demons I'll be a vessel for the truth until I'm barely breathing I'm singing Like to finally be the motherfucking man Eyes wide, that's from the power that the coward feels Niggas die for bitches disrespecting dollar bills Bloodshed then turn the city to a battlefield I call it poison, you call it real That's how you feel Pistols be popping and niggas dropping a heartbeat Scattered like roaches, a body laid on the concrete Body laid on the concrete Look, somebody laid on the concrete No time for that, ain't no looking back Cause I'm running too I made it home, I woke up and turned on the morning news Overcame with a feeling I can't explain Cause that was my nigga James that was slain He was 22 Last night, around He was 22 22 year old black male Suspect tragedy in the black community we got to do better people 22 years old this boy was too young our condolences are with his family our prayers we know he's in a better place we know he's in a better place but this has got to end ladies and gentlemen we've got to come together this is this is beyond words I'd like to open this ceremony with